Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. and to praise our Heavenly Father. This has been quite a week, and we came in here Tuesday and we said, the devil messed with the wrong group of people because our praises now are gonna be louder today, amen? Come on, let's do it.
There's a truth about this song that your situation, your circumstances, they don't have to be good for God to still be good. And that can be a, a tough truth to swallow at times because we want, we, we, we want the evidence of God's goodness to be in our lives, but sometimes it can be hard to see that evidence in our life, especially when the world is crazy right now and all of these things. We're like, it's not a lot of good in life, but it's not fake to pretend that God is good, to believe, not pretend, but believe that God is good, even though our situation isn't good. It's not fake, it's faith. It is faith in our God that He is good. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is, we just sing it that you are good. And the question we have to ask is, do we believe it? Faith is belief without sight. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we believing that God is good? Because if we believe is good, that God is good, then our situations do not affect our destination. When we believe that God is good, those circumstances will not affect the way we choose to live our lives. We do not live a pessimistic life, we live an optimistic life. We believe that we have a God who is for us, not against us. We believe that there is a God who is working all things out together for our good because He is good, amen? That's right, so let's praise our God. Heavenly Father God, we love you, and we understand that you're good, and sometimes, Lord, the word good doesn't even seem to cut it, but that's all we've got right now, Father. And so, Lord, even in these moments where we feel in our situations that are not good, our circumstances, our marriage, our, our, how our children are doing, how our health is, how our finances are looking, there's many things in our life that we could say are not good. God, we choose to believe in faith that you, that you are good, and despite all of these things that you are for us, despite all of these things, overwhelm, overwhelming victory will be ours because you are our Father, our Dad, and we love you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, everyone, go ahead and take a seat. Those of you guys joining us online, hey, we are so grateful that you are here. We, we want you to know uh, we miss you too. Uh, as a church family, we miss being able to gather all at once, but we understand that the world is what it is. Um, so we are so grateful that you chose to join us. Please click on the links uh, below and let us know that this, if this is your first time watching, um, we would love to have, uh, just get to know you, give you a little bit more information about ourselves. So if you click on those links, if not also, uh, you can text 94000. Uh, if you just text fellowship to that, uh, you can go there and we will also love to hear from you there. Uh, as I was, uh, we're getting ready to give. We're not going to be passing out buckets, but there's a lot of ways to give. You can give online, fellowshipgj.com slash give. Um, the Church Center app is a great way to do that. If you haven't joined the Church Center app, uh, it is an awesome way. We're continuing to update that. Um, and so if you go on there, you can actually live stream directly from the Church Center app now. Uh, you can check in. Your kids, I know tons of parents are pre-checking in. Almost all the parents are coming in. That works so great, so smooth. We're so grateful that you guys uh, are getting, uh, getting good at that, and that's making that situation just run so much smoother and also very uh, uh, hands-free and sanitizing. It's really great. Um, but as you're getting ready to give, um, the idea of, we, we like to say we're going to continue our worship service with the givings of tithes and offerings. I've heard Pastor Tim say that for the last 20 years of my life. And so I just kind of think of worship. And it reminded me of this verse in John 4 that says, uh, John is, uh, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And he, he said this really profound statement. He said, there will come a time where people, where people will worship in spirit and in truth. And I got to, to thinking about how does that work when it comes to our offerings? Well, uh, 
the Bible is truth. And in the Bible, it says we are to bring our tithes that, that, we, that we, should give, we should give generously. And so that is a truth that we have here. We know what the Bible says, and so we have a choice. Should we be obedient to the truth that is in the Bible? But also then we say that there comes a time where we worship in spirit and in truth. And so we have to ask ourselves, okay, am I obeying because it's just what I have to do? There is, there's honor in that and there's blessing in that. But also there's the spirit of it. What is the spirit of, of, of how I'm obeying? Because I've been a parent for seven years now. Uh, there's a big difference between my kid did what I asked them to do and how my kid's attitude was when they, I asked them to do it right? My, my kid's saying, I did what you told me to do is not really like, doesn't make me feel happy and joyful inside, right? Um, when, when Wallace loves to throw that at my face. Um, so there's a big difference between being, being obedient and, and choosing to do that in love or generosity. And so we have to ask ourselves, yes, I, I know the truth of what the, God's word is, says, so I'm going to obey that truth. But we also have to, question, we have to evaluate our motives and our spirit. Is there a spirit of generosity? Is there a spirit of faith? Is there a spirit of love and relationship and going, God, I'm partnering with you in this. And when we do that, when we say we worship by giving our tithes and offerings in spirit and in truth, God can partner. And that blesses God. That, that then becomes an act of worship, not just an act of obedience. That becomes an act of love, not just an act of obedience. And that blesses our Father so much. So let's pray as we prepare to give. Father God, we thank you for what you have done for us. God, we understand that you have asked us to do this, but now, God, we choose to do it with the right attitude. We, as your kids, understand that you are a good father, that you'll bless us, that you will watch over us, God. And so we do not obey reluctantly, God, but we obey generously and in full of faith and full of love, giving you this offering. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys as you give. Check out this video as we learn a little bit more about what's going on here at the church. Good morning, Fellowship Church. I wanted to take this opportunity to let you know about some really incredible things that we have happening here at Fellowship Church. So first thing is first, I'm over on Green Team every single Sunday, and you guys, it is my favorite place to be. That's where our elementary school kids go, and it is so much fun. If you've never been upstairs, let me tell you about what happens up there, okay? We've got a foam pit, we have an obstacle course, and it is so much fun to be up there. And what we need is just some dads that would be willing to come up there help us lead games in the foam pit like dodgeball, capture the flag, um, someone who can help us with our ninja warrior course. Just dads that really want to love on kids and help them have a fun time at church because church should be fun. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, um, please sign up. You can do so at the information counter or at the church center app. You just fill out a quick application and we will be in touch with you. Blue Team could use your help. And if you don't know what Blue Team is, that's just our Wednesday night services for middle school kiddos. And we could really use your help when it comes to running elements. If you haven't been over there, it is so cool. We have a spider jump, a foam pit, a sports court, a ledge swing. We have security opportunities. So many places where you could fit in to help spread the word of Christ to our middle school students. So if this is something that you might be interested in, again, you can go to that church center app or the information counter and get an application to sign up. We have been blessed with the most amazing facility, grounds, and building by God here at Fellowship Church. And now we need to be really good stewards of it and take care of what we've been blessed with. So with that being said, 
Keepers of the House is an amazing ministry where you can come and help our staff when it comes to taking care of this facility. If you are interested, you can go to the Serving Opportunities tab in the Church Center app. You have been asking and now we finally have it. Spiritual Warfare 1.0 and the Science Curriculum are now available digitally and on DVD. Each resource costs $45 plus an additional cost for the workbook, but it is so worth it. Maybe you've really been wanting to take these classes but haven't had the opportunity to do so in person. Now is your chance to do it from the comfort of your own home. So if you're interested in either one of these life-changing curriculums, you can head over to the bookstore and get them. Thank you for joining us this morning and we hope that you enjoy the rest of today's service. October, like every other family, we took our boys to the pumpkin patch, and at the end of that day, they came home with their pockets filled with corn, like individual seeds of corn, and I don't know why, um, we have a picture of it just in case you're unclear, but I don't know why they did this, but they had hundreds of them between them. So I said what every mom would say, just throw it in the trash. And then a few weeks pass, and I'm brushing my teeth in the bathroom, and I, I lean over to spit, and I look at that little hole, it's called the overthrow, overflow drain hole, apparently. And um, there's a leaf sticking out of this hole. And so I get my tweezers and I like play some type of mom version of the operation game. And I extract an entire corn plant from the hole. Okay, an actual corn plant has grown in my sink. Now, I clean my sink, okay? It's not like that. It just grew that quickly. And this isn't just another example of why kids are weird and boys are gross. I believe that's true too. But I believe that God actually was speaking to me through this random piece of corn growing into a corn plant. And I think he's speaking to you as well. And he wants you to know that even if it feels like your promises have gone down the drain, they will still take root and grow. There is nothing that can happen to a promise of God that won't allow it to take root and grow. God's promises never go down the drain. They always grow. And so I don't know what you've been going through, but I want you to know, even if your promise feels like it's in a dark place, it's about to grow. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, all of God's promises in him are yes and amen. And so you can be confident of God's promises no matter what you're experiencing. Now, this doesn't mean that you can just pluck something out of the air and say, well, God promised me that I'm gonna win the lottery today. It's not like that. The promises that we cling to actually come to us from the Bible. They come to us through God's word, and we have to search the scriptures to find those promises. But when we find them, we can know that all things are possible.
take a look at four significant promises that God gives us in his word. And we're gonna unpack those promises, one promise at a time, and there's actually gonna be four preachers today, and they're each gonna share a story from their own life and their own experience as they walked through that promise and saw God's promise come to fruition in their own lives. And guys, we hope that by hearing our story that we'll encourage you to cling to the promises of God and to know that if he said it in his word, then you too can believe that promise. So the first promise we're gonna teach from is found um, in Deuteronomy, and it is this, that God will never leave us, that he will never leave you. Deuteronomy 31.6 simply says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. And this part of the verse that says he will never leave you, that refers to his physical proximity. He's not going to physically leave you. But the word forsake refers to emotional proximity. He's not going to emotionally abandon you either. And I think it's important that we recognize both of those things. Now, when Jesus makes this promise, he's not saying, but because I'm not going to leave you or forsake you, everything's going to be easy. It's not all going to be rainbows and glitter and unicorns. Like, there are still going to be trials in life. And Jesus warned us, in this life, you will have trouble. Like, it's going to happen in life. But the difference is, for a Christian, the difference isn't the absence of problems in life. The difference is the presence of God in life. And as we walk through those things, we are never alone. So when life leads you to a diagnosis or to a death or to a dead end, God is with you even there. Now in my own life, over the years, I've shared many stories about how God was with me when my dad passed away and walked me through that time. About how when my husband and I struggled with infertility, how God came through for us. When I talked about the pain of singleness and just the loneliness of that and the waiting process and how God was with me through that. The strain of adoption or financial insecurity. You've heard so many stories where I've shared like these moments in my life where I felt like God was there for me in these big times. But it kind of comes back to what about the small times? What about just those little moments where it's not a huge life-shaking crisis, but you just need to know that he's there and that he loves you. And guys, I think when we look at this promise and we unpack this promise, we can recognize that God is there in the big and the small times. And the best example to illustrate how I sense God in my life not abandoning me in a small time was when I was a teenager. I was serving at an orphanage in uh, rural Mexico and just working with the kids. My friend and I were responsible. We were 16 years old and how my mom and dad let me do this, I have no idea. But we traveled alone to rural Mexico and two blonde girls, 16-year-olds, and we started serving at this orphanage. We had uh, 12 boys, ages 6 through 12, so I was destined to be boy mom. I was just in the DNA, I guess. And we, were, we loved, we'd, we were their dorm parents, so we'd minister them day and night. And um, it was thrilling and exciting and exhausting. And every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we ate beans and tortillas. Beans and tortillas for breakfast, beans and tortillas for lunch, and beans and tortillas for dinner. And every once in a while, a scoop of rice. And I tell you that because I hate beans to this day um, because of this moment in my life, but that's just what it was. And one night, we had tucked all our boys in bed, and my friend and I were laying in our bunk beds, and we were staring at the ceiling. And I just said, you know what would be the most delicious thing ever? And she's like, what? And I said, pizza. 
um, pizza with good Wisconsin cheese, because I'm from Wisconsin, so my friends, we start talking about cheese, and then she's like, an ice-cold root beer, because there's no ice at an orphanage in Mexico, and so we talk about ice-cold root beer, and then she throws in, what about chocolate ice cream? And so we laugh, and I say, I kid you not, I say, if we ate that tomorrow, I would know that Jesus will love me forever. And we go to sleep, right? I roll over, go to sleep, wake up the next day, do beans and tortillas uh, for, for breakfast, and the administrator of the orphanage calls me and Neva in, and he has a conversation with us, says a bunch of nice things, and gives us the day off. And I didn't even know you got a day off at the orphanage. No one told me that. And so the two of us hopped in a taxi and went to the city, and we were wandering around, hanging out, and then we found a restaurant, and they had a special, and it was pizza and root beer. And we ate it and drank it and it was delicious. And then we paid our bill and walked out the door and there was a person with an ice cream cart going directly by selling chocolate ice cream on a stick. And no idea what happened. And we still hadn't clued in to the moment yet and we took our first lick of ice cream and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in my heart and, and he just said, will you know that I love you forever? And um, I turned to my friend Neva, and she's crying too because the Spirit had spoke to her the same thing. And guys, over the last 25 years, I know it's a small moment, but over the last 25 years, I've thought to myself, if my God will not leave me to die on beans and tortillas, <laughs> if he will feed me ice cream and pizza to show me that he loves me, there is no situation too big or too small that he won't walk through me with in this life. And so big situations, small situations, he will never leave us or forsake us. Yes, and the second promise we're looking at today is that God is our provider. And it's actually a name of God that we find in the Old Testament. Um, we see in the story of Abraham and Isaac, and God was asking Abraham to, to walk in this obedience. And when he did, and when God saw that, he provided a ram instead in that moment. And so Abraham named that place Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. So it's his name, yes. it's his nature, it's who he is, he can't. He can't come away from it. And it even talks about it in Philippians 4:19. It says, This same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. And guys, I love this promise. I have seen it time and time again in my life in one particular way um, that God has been working in me and my husband's life, and we're still seeing it unfold, is with our house. We got married in 2010. I was fresh out of college. I was like eager to be an adult, doing all the adult things, living the American dream. And so we bought like the third house that we looked at. And it was cute town home in Fruta. We really enjoyed living there, but it was kind of right when that market crash was happening. So a couple of years we were underwater in it. And we had contemplating selling it, but it just really wasn't an option at that time just because of how much we owed. And so we were looking at other homes and we just decided to wait. And we thought, you know what, let's rent it out and, and just wait for the time. And I have to tell you that we were the worst landlords. <laughs> like I talked to a property management company a couple years ago because we decided to make this choice in our life. And they were like, yeah, pastors are the worst. You guys can't kick anybody out. And I was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's so hard, the stories, and anyway, all the things. So we're slowly, you know, bleeding out our savings, which is fine, but God still provided, like even then. And so 
we had a financial commitment come up in 2018 and I felt like the Lord was speaking to me and just saying like, Julie, it's time to, it's time to sell the home that you love and that you're currently in right now and we're gonna move back into that town home for a little bit and it'll be, it'll be okay. And it was limited square footage, there was no yard, we had two small kids, but we were willing to make that sacrifice for a better future. And then 18 months ago, we got a call that there was a fire in Fruta and that our home may have been affected. Just a little. Just a little, yeah. <laughs> and our plan, like literally, it burned to the ground. What, what do we do now? And guys, less than a week, when we had had 43 showings in a span of two and a half months, which was exhausting, in less than a week, we had two offers that were above asking price, and God provided right then. And not only that, but we had a sweet family in the church that was willing to let us move into their rental property, and so God provided. Mm -hmm. And it didn't end there, unfortunately. I mean, I was like praising Jesus through the whole thing. I was like, God, thank you so much. Um, but rebuilding after a fire is, is hard. Like there were battles with HOAs, insurance, contractors, finances, like everything. It kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed and covering two mortgages for an extended period of time. It is rough, it's really rough. But God, again, like he, he was there. But the difference between 2010 Julie and 2020 Julie was that I had had that track record the entire time, whether it was a garbage disposal that had gone up or a surgery that needed being paid for or having babies in the hospital. Like he had always provided every single time. And I knew that he would, I knew that he would, but I just wasn't sure when. And so I kept praising him during that time. But you know, COVID hit. <laughs> awesome, this is great. And because of it, we actually didn't have to cover two mortgages during that time. Like even in the midst of a pandemic, God provided for us in a miraculous way. And I am so excited to share with you guys that next month after 10, 10 and a half years, we are closing on our town home property. Praise Jesus. Mm -hmm. What an incredible testimony that God is constantly providing for us and also that he always has a plan for us, you guys. And that takes us to point three. God says, I have a plan for you. I have been married to my wonderful, wonderful husband, Jonathan, for six years now, but that did not happen before some pretty terrible heartbreak happened. Um, <laughs> I was engaged to be married, and the wedding was completely planned beginning to end. Um, just waiting, counting down the days till the day got here, and Five weeks before the wedding was supposed to happen, my fiance decided that he was done and he called everything off. And I was devastated. I didn't see it coming. I still to this day don't really know why, but I do know why. Um, I remember going backwards through every detail with my sister because she had to cancel the whole wedding. And in, in that moment of finding out, I didn't know what to do. Here's what I knew what to do pop my headphones in and circle around 
my subdivision. I can't count how many times. So God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. Over and over and over, it's all I could get out of my mouth. I, I felt like I was sinking. I remember coming here for weeks and weeks and weeks and being backstage here on Sundays and just crying and crying moments before coming out here to try and lead worship and having people pray over me just to be able to hold myself together to come out here and lead a worship song. It was, it was the hardest time of my life. I have never felt more brokenhearted and I have also never felt closer to Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you future, a future and a hope. The scripture literally says that his plans are not for disaster for us. Now I would bet that some of us sitting in this room and maybe some of us at home are thinking he sure has a funny way of showing us that his plans are not for disaster. And that's okay. It's okay to feel that way because he did not say that this ride was gonna feel perfect or that it wasn't gonna be hard, that it was just gonna be smooth sailing. He said, I have a plan mm -hmm. and that plan is not for disaster, that plan is for good. You may have no idea what tomorrow holds. You may be hanging on to a relationship by a thread. You may not know if you are gonna have a job next week. You may not know what your kids' future holds and what's going on with them. But let me remind you of this. Your story has already been written. He knows your story. He is the author of your story and he knows the end. Don't check out during this process. Don't check out during the hard parts of what he's taking you through. His promise will come to pass no matter how hard and how messy it gets. I believe that God is waiting for us to come back to him for the next step of his plan. And I believe that's why it only took a short two and a half months uh, before God revealed what his plan was for me. We have a picture to throw up here. This is my wonderful husband, Jonathan, and my two beautiful babies. And he is so much more than anything I could have ever imagined and so much more than what I thought I already had. He, I hit the jackpot, let's just say that. It was God's plan all along, you guys, it's so evident. And all I knew in that dark time was to cry to Jesus, that's all I knew. I didn't wanna to talk to anyone else, I wanted to talk to him, and he was my safe place. And I really do believe that this happened so quickly because I ran to him and nothing else. I didn't run to anything, run to anything that's in this world, I didn't, I didn't do anything that made me feel better. The one thing that gave me any comfort and peace at all was running to Jesus and talking to him over and over again every single day. And I do believe that when we run to Jesus, he has us in the palm of his hand. And when we are in the palm of his hand, he can set us and place us where he wants, when he wants, exactly according to what he has for us. There's so much that happened to me for the good during that short season of brokenheartedness. And I think it's really, really important that we don't try and rush through these seasons. It's so true. The seasons that God sends us in our life, we can resent them if we're not careful. Like say that you're single and you're wondering in your mind, am I ever gonna get married? You haven't met that person yet. And it's so easy to just throw away your singleness with an obsession of a need to get married. 
Or if you're a newlywed, you found the person, but you're wondering, are we going to have kids? When are we going to have kids? Is he going to say yes? Are we going to struggle with infertility? What's going to happen? And so then we waste that season of life where we could be investing and building and strengthening our marriage with an obsession to move into the next season of having kids. Or we've got kids and we're play, like chasing toddlers and we just think, I cannot wait to be an empty nester. And then we try to just rush. Okay, just me? All right. But there's just... <laughs> There's seasons in life, and rather than rushing through those seasons, embracing those seasons, and knowing the season's not going to end a day before God says it's going to end. It's going to end when he says he already has that plan, already has it scripted out. He knows when it's going to come to an end, and we can trust him with control of that. We don't have to try to grab it back and control it, but know that he has that plan, and he's going to walk it out. Right, and every step of his plan has a purpose, so grow through every step of it. Don't try and rush or skip any part of it because it might be just the place he wants you to be to make your dreams come true. So God's given us all these awesome promises. He's, you know, given us a plan. He's made provision in our lives. He's, he wants to make sure that we're successful, and he loves us that much. But it's interesting because when we do a message like this, a lot of us feel that, yeah, but those promises aren't for me. Now, why do we have those thoughts? Well, it's probably because we think that we have done something, had some kind of sin in our life or made some kind of poor choice that disqualifies us for God's promises. And it's just not the case. We are worthy of his promises, not because of anything that we've done, but because of what he's done. Now, the Bible says in Romans 8, 1, so there is no condemnation awaiting those who belong to Christ Jesus. So why is it that we keep beating ourselves up for choices that we've made? Nobody in here is perfect. If, if anybody on, in, in the history of the world could live a perfect life, then why would we need scripture? Why would we need guidance? God knows we're not perfect. God knows that we're gonna make mistakes. That's why he died for us. Because he died for us, the Bible says that we are justified, mm -hmm. which literally means it's just as if I didn't sin just as if I didn't sin because of what he did for us. Now, what the devil loves to do, and we have talked about this so many times throughout spiritual warfare, and we teach on this a lot. And the reason we teach on this a lot is because it's something we all struggle with. And that is, there, is that there is a difference between guilt and conviction. Mm -hmm. Conviction is a tool of the Holy Spirit to help us as a reminder to ask for forgiveness of our sins, to realize we've done something wrong and say we're sorry for it. That's a beautiful gift, right? It, it's something that we all need. But then the devil steps in after we've asked for forgiveness and we are forgiven and he brings about this counterfeit emotion called guilt. It's counterfeit to conviction. It feels like conviction, but it's not. And we know it's guilt if we've asked for forgiveness and we still feel bad. That is the devil trying to defeat you, trying to bring uh, guilt and shame in your life. And let me tell you, we are experts. We are experts at feeling guilt and shame but we are no good at feeling and embracing God's grace. It's something that we need to understand is that God didn't make us that we, to, to, to fail and then to feel bad about it for the rest of our lives. The reason that we know that this is the case is because it isn't about anything that we've done. It's just a gift. Mm -hmm. If it was about us earning it, then yes, we are not worthy. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> but it's a gift. God gave it to us. Not because, and we can't do anything to earn that. And one of the reasons that that's the case also is that because we're heirs, we're yep. heirs to the King. 
Now, to become an heir means that you get all of the promises from the family. You don't deserve it. You were just born into an awesome family. And for us, we were adopted into that family. And Pastor Tim, you know what's super interesting is as a family that has adopted two kids, one thing that happens in court is they literally say to you as you're taking your promise to adopt the child, they say, will this child that you're adopting inherit equally with all the children in your family? And then you have to say yes. And so when we think about the, we know all these promises are Christ's, and we are adopted into that family. We're inheriting equally with our heavenly, with, with Jesus because of the promise of our heavenly father to adopt us. And you were adopted. You mm-hmm. very much felt that way when you were adopted by your family. And I know your kids feel that way for you. And the scripture actually talks about what that looks like for us. Romans 8, 14 verse 17, through, uh, 17 says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, if it wouldn't say it, if it wasn't true. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Isn't that beautiful? To think that God loves us so much that he wants to adopt us into his family. I think that sometimes we go, yeah, but if he, a normal parent, if they saw how we are in private, they wouldn't really want us. God sees every part of you. And he doesn't look at your past. He looks at your potential. He loves you because you're his child. Now, I've talked to a lot of parents that have adopted in the past. And of course, I've known JL now for 25 years. Um, And when she was adopted, her parents didn't love her any different than they loved their children that they gave birth to. For many of us, we don't ever feel like we were the favorite child in our family. Maybe you grew up in a family, a big family, four or five or six, and you always felt like, oh, my, my sister and my brother, they, they're the ones that were the favorites. They're the ones that got all this stuff. I was never favored. God looks at all of us as his favorite children. He loves us that much. And because of that love, all of these promises that we read in scripture, they're for us. So how I want us to end this morning is I want us to end with us receiving these promises. So I want you to stand with me. And I want you to just close your eyes and I just want you to have your hands open before the Lord. And I want you just to picture your heavenly father standing in front of you. And I want you to speak to him now that you accept the promises in in your life, that you accept the promise specifically that he will never leave you. And Lord, as we speak that promise and we accept it, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bind the spirit of rejection 
bind up an evil spirit that would make us have a fear that our heavenly father would leave us. Heal us of that rejection, Lord. Some of us have been left a whole bunch throughout our life. So for it, it's very hard for us to believe that God wouldn't leave us. But he's your dad. But he's your perfect dad. So Lord, we just receive the promise that you're never, ever gonna leave us. Now receive the promise that he's gonna provide for you. Lord, we accept your provision. We accept the fact that you love us as that favored child and you wanna provide for us. Maybe we weren't provided for growing up. Maybe we didn't have a whole lot. Maybe we always kind of thought that if we did get something, it would take, be taken away from us. So in Jesus' name, we break the stronghold, that lie that the devil has fed into our mind that we have something good, but we're gonna lose it. In Jesus' name, that lie is broken. And instead, God, we receive the fact that you are our provider. Reveal that truth in our mind. Take away the veil of deception of anything that would say contrary to that. And thirdly, accept the fact that he has a plan for you. He has a plan for you individually, not a plan for your family, not a plan for your church, not a plan for your community. He has a plan just for you. He has a plan for all those things too, but he loves you so much that he has a plan for you. And he knew what that plan was while you were still in the womb. Receive that plan. Just say, Jesus, I receive your plan for my life. we want to also speak to the lie that that plan isn't a good one. <laughs> so in Jesus' name, we just ask that you would tear down the stronghold in our mind that we can't trust you with our plan. We can't trust you with our life because that is a lie from the pits of hell. Whatever you can imagine for us is so much greater than what we can imagine for ourselves. And so in Jesus' name, we receive your for us and we trust we trust your plan for us and now I want you to repeat after me Heavenly Father I receive all these promises and I am worthy of them because of your son's sacrifice help me to remember you always have me. You have a plan for me. You'll always provide for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him a praise offering for those promises, right? He's so awesome. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. 
I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time or you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.